Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. This episode was sponsored by Unbelievable Health, the producers of these incredible health supplements using the products from the hive, the wonderful health benefits of Propolis. If you want to grab some of your own supplements for immunity, for energy, for anxiety and for sleep, then go along to unbelievablehealth.co.uk and put in the code PaulaBuzz25 for a 25% discount. Isn't that amazing? So that's Paula Buzz, all in capital letters, two Zs, 25. So P-A-U-L-A-B-U-Z-Z, 25 for a 25% discount. All the links are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Hello. I wanted to talk about skep making, straw skep making, and about creativity And is this important in all of our lives? So many of you know that I was an artist for 20 years before I fell ill and then transformed through illness into a bee lady. But um, I painted and that was what I always wanted to do. So as a child, I used to draw and paint and I just loved it. And I was absolutely certain that that was why I was here. That was my life purpose was to create art, create paintings. I painted flowers I realise now that I painted flowers from a bee's perspective. I would be right in there in the centre of the flower and um, and looking at it as a bee would see it, you know, looking for the stamen, looking for the nectar. So I loved the beauty of flowers and particularly exotic flowers. And interestingly, quite a few flowers that aren't pollinated by bees. However, that's another story. When I painted, I would get into the zone And I wasn't a jobbing artist. I didn't just used to paint lots of roses because people bought roses. I would paint what inspired me. So I would see a plant or a flower and I would just see the painting. It would be finished in my head and I just had to make the time to actually paint it. And that's how I worked. And every painting created another three or four paintings that would be queued up in my head, ready to come out again. I often called it channeling. I didn't feel that I was actually painting. I felt the paintings were coming through me. It was like I would see a flower or see something and and then it would need to be transformed from this growing thing into to sort of capture the moment to actually produce it as a painting. And that's what I did. So it, it didn't ever dry up. There was always more things to paint. And when I would read, I would be inspired and I would read and I would see pictures and think, oh, how could I make this into into a piece of of art? You know, these stories, these words. So quite often my early work would have unusual titles because I would have read a book or I would have been listening to music and the title of the music or a line in a song would be what would inspire a painting. And I would see connections between flowers. You know, I might be in the garden and I'd see a flower and then a word from a song or a phrase from a book would come up. So I would tie them together and and hope that when people saw a painting or saw the name of a painting, that that would connect with them in some way. And I really felt that being an artist, it was about communicating on a soul level. I really believe that art shouldn't have to be explained. If I did a painting, some people would love it, some people would hate it, some people would be indifferent. And that was absolutely fine because you only needed one person 
for it to connect to. And quite often it would be a message that I hadn't even intended. I would do a painting and somebody would look at it and they'd start crying. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, what, you know, why are you crying? And it would have some kind of soul connection that would heal them. And they'd like, I have to have the painting. I have to live with this painting because it's healing me. It's bringing up emotions and healing emotions that would otherwise be suppressed. So I think any artist who lives this and experiences this, they cannot imagine no longer being an artist. And I was the same. So a question I often get asked, now I, I don't paint and I'm busy speaking and being a bee lady, is don't you miss the painting? You know, will you, will you go back to painting? And the truth of it is I don't miss the painting at all. And it was almost as soon as I fell ill, the paintings dried up in my head. Um, and I was unable to read whilst I was ill, which was really frustrating. If you think seven years in bed, think of all the books you could read. That would have been a dream. But I couldn't read. It would make me nauseous if I if I concentrated on on print. So I was unable to read and I was unable to listen to anything for a couple of years because the trauma of sound was so dramatic on my body. So I had the first two years of more or less silence or just the noises of the family, you know, the children or, or talking with my husband. So I, I didn't have those sources of inspiration and my head dried up. And I, I, I must admit, the first couple of years, it was really hard thinking about why am I here? Why am I ill? You know, what? what's the purpose? There has to be a reason. And the reason I'm going to talk about, actually, I wasn't going to talk about this, but it, it fits in nicely. So just before I fell ill, a year before I fell ill, I was having an exhibition in London of my paintings. And it ended up being, you know, the best exhibition. It was in Cork Street. I sold my favorite painting for five figures. So I was just like on top of the world. I was so excited. And, but just before that exhibition, I had a soul reading. It was a horoscope reading, but about my soul's journey. And this lady who lived nearby, she's since retired, sadly, she would have your birth dates six months in advance. And you would turn up in her house and she would then give you this chart, which is your birth chart. <clears throat> And she would talk you through it. So you see this chart and you think, gosh, you spent six months preparing for this. My reading was eight hours. And she was still talking to me as I was walking out to the car. There was still so much she wanted to say. And I wish I could have gone back for a second, second dose. However, it was a week or so before my exhibition in London. So I was really intrigued to know, was this going to be the big break? Was this going to be an amazing exhibition? And <clears throat> instead, she talked about my family, my my family history, where my ancestors had come from. She, and she talked about my purpose. And she talked about why I was here and it didn't make sense. So I kept saying, well, um, what about art? Where does art come in? She's like, no, no art. And she didn't know who I was. So she didn't know that was what I did. And I remember being really preoccupied with what, where's the artist? What am I doing? I'm about to have this big show in London. Why is that not coming through as my life purpose? And I I was sort of quite mixed up with that. And then she was talking about my father and where he'd come from, about my mum and my grandparents. And that was all really interesting. And there was a lot of stuff that turned out to be completely accurate. So when I could go back to my family and say, oh, what about this? What about that? So it was a really spot on reading. 
Now, she'd recorded it all. And a few weeks later, sent me these CDs, which I just sort of put on a shelf and forgot about. Well, two years into being ill, I'd started to be able to listen to things. And having grown up in the countryside, and my family had always listened to The Archers, which is on 15 minutes, well, twice a day, it'd be repeated the next day. And um, and so I'd listened to The Archers growing up. So it was an easy thing to start listening to. It's Radio 4, it's people talking. Um, and nothing much has changed. It's all the same people in it. So it was great. You know, I, I knew instantly who was who, but there was a few dramas I'd missed in in the gap of about 10 or 15 years of listening to it. So I started listening to it. And um, it was really um, then that I started to think, oh, I need other things to listen to, because it was at the time when I, I think a writer from EastEnders came into the Archers and it all got a bit traumatic and in the Archers and I just thought I can't cope with this kind of stress. Well, one of my carers was looking through a bookshelf next to my bed and she found this group of CDs. We were looking for something else and found these CDs. She said, oh, what are these? And they just had Paula Carnell on them and lots of little stars and sort of like shooting star um, drawings. So I said, oh, I don't know, put put it on, let's see. And because I was able to listen, it was a voice. And it turned out to be um, Gloria, who'd done my reading, actually reading. It was a recording of that reading. And so I was listening to it. And it was really interesting because, of course, I'd forgotten so much of it. I couldn't remember, you know, so much of the content. And then it came to what my purpose was. And she said, oh, you're here to talk about health. You're here to um, do films, to do television to actually write and you're here as the bridge for people between life and death and that's what you need to help is help people understand health and I questioned her I said what you know where does this come from I I don't you know I don't know where you've got that from and I and then I just sort of ignored it but when I re-listened to it laying in bed sick as anything and feeling really at a at a loss thinking where is my future where why am I so sick two years you know people get into a stressed out state when they've been in bed for a day let alone two years so I was really um struggling to find purpose and to find the 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 energy the motivation to to keep going to be quite honest and when I heard this I suddenly understood it I thought that's why I'm ill you can't learn about health when you're healthy you learn most about health when you're ill and that was a real turning point for me and instead of the poor me or feeling sorry for myself or focusing on hoping someone would find out what was wrong with me and then give me some kind of magic cure I started to take an interest in what was wrong with me and asking the questions, why is my body so sick? Why does this hurt? Why does that hurt? Why am I feeling this? And that was the beginning of my journey to start healing and to start understanding my body. So what's this got to do with creativity? So during that seven years, I wasn't really able to be creative. However, instead of having pictures coming to my head, I had stories coming to my head because as I started to contemplate my situation and learn from it, I wanted to share what I was learning. I would have these great insights into why I was feeling this or why that was wrong or what happens if you want to kill yourself. You know, it, I had all these things that I wanted to share, but I wasn't able to go out and talk to a group of friends and I wasn't able to do videos or anything like that. So. I wanted to write and I set up a blog 
which is somewhere on the internet there is this blog of me talking about my condition and my my journey and it was having that that faith that I was here to learn that gave me confidence that I wouldn't always be ill it was almost like unlocking the keys you know it's finding the keys unlocking the keys opening the door and then stepping out to the other side so my creativity got transformed from painting which was a way of communicating my soul you know my soul thoughts my love of plants my love of flowers my love of nature and suddenly I was drawn to writing about my understanding my feelings my thoughts my beliefs my memories about my love of life my memories of happy things my memories of sad things my connections between the sad and the difficult things that had happened and how that would have had an impact on my body on my physical well-being so I started to do that connection and, and write and that was a great relief for me just as writing a giant a journal writing a diary you know these these help and then I had another friend who'd sent me um a little cassette recorder with a, a microphone and she said just talk just talk into it and tell your story because there needs to be a book but I couldn't see who would want the book <laughs> who would want to know about a lady laying in bed being sick who used to be an artist so this episode is really about creativity so my creativity changed from painting to writing and feeling I had a voice whereas my voice used to come through my my hands and painting now my voice was was writing and it was still getting across a message and I started to see that when I painted I didn't have the confidence to speak out and say what I really wanted to say so it was like my messages were encoded just for the odd soul to recognize so I would paint a flower and some people go oh that's a nice flower or, oh I like that color red or whatever and that was the level that people were seeing that message. But then you'd have people who would deeply connect and go, oh, my gosh, that's about grief or oh, my gosh, that's about love or that's about, you know, anger. They, they could pick up these messages. And my transition of being ill was about transforming from a sort of subtle message to a bit more of a shout a bit more of a come on slap you around the face this is what I'm trying to say this is what we all need to learn I've been sick and had to learn so you don't need to be sick learn from my mistakes let's work as a collective and maybe that's where the bees come in because they do work as a collective so what's my creativity now well I speak I love doing this podcast I love just speaking just saying what comes through and again sometimes I feel like I'm channeling I start talking about one thing and then another thing pops up and I'm like oh this is the message this is what I need to say and again some people may listen to this while they're doing other things and they're thinking other things and I'm just a comforting voice in the background and other people may hear the odd words and go oh my gosh that's the message I needed to hear so I love the podcast so for me the podcast is being creative it is communicating but the other form of what I feel is my real connection with the inner artist of me is weaving skeps, so straw skeps as beehives. And when I first started beekeeping, um, one of my, my references was Bathsheba Everdeen in Far From the Madden Crowd and the wonderful like 1968 film with, um, oh gosh, I've completely forgotten her name now, 
but um oh julie christie as Bathsheba Everdeen and where she's wearing this beautiful white linen dress and she's climbing up a ladder to catch a swarm of bees and she's got a straw skep. Now to me, that's what a beekeeper looks like. That's what an artistic beekeeper looks like. Beautiful white linen dress and a straw skep and her hair, you know, loosely tied back and a lovely silk veil. So that's how I, I saw a beekeeper. So the missing thing was making the skep. And when I realized that there were people teaching it and there's Diana Robertson who lives near here. Um, so I went on one of her courses when I was well and, and I could um, get out and about. I went on one of her courses and I was instantly hooked. In fact, when I was still in a wheelchair, but we would go out, um, I'd be taken to the bee tent at the Bath and West show and Diana Robertson would be demonstrating skep making and Greg would just park me up next to her and I'd just sit and watch her. And she gave me a starter and I bought, you know, some straw, but I never did anything with it. And then, you know, years later, she did a workshop and I went on it. And that's when I, I learned how to make skeps. And to me, this is my connection with my artist. This is my creativity. Because when you're weaving a skep, you have to concentrate, you know, perhaps like knitting. But it's also very calming. So you've got to be in the zone. You've got to concentrate. You're having to repeatedly add straw. You're doing the stitches. So you can't completely zone out. You do have to focus on what you're doing. But it's so meditative and it's so calming. And I find when I'm weaving a skep, it's like the new paintings, the new stories, the new inspiration comes in. So it's so important for me to be doing this. And yet to do it is quite hard to clear the space, both physically, because it's messy. So ideally, you want to do it outside. But if you're doing it inside, you get straw everywhere. But also the time, because when I'm doing that, I get lost in it. I get lost in creativity. And it's quite a jolt then when I think, oh, I didn't do that email or I didn't pay that bill or I've got to do this or I've got to do that. And this is where I think we all find it very easy to get so busy with life. We forget to have that time for creativity. And it doesn't have to be drawing or painting or weaving skeps. We've all got some form of creativity or creative expression. It might be dancing, it might be singing, it might be writing, it might be speaking. Um, it could be doing jigsaw puzzles. It could be, I don't know, cooking, baking. But all these crafts or arts they take us to a spiritual zone, a spiritual place, which is so healing. And I feel that's where we are really, really connected with who we are and why we're here. And everything else in life is a distraction from that soul work, that soul being, just being. If you think about the flowers, if you think about the bees, if you think about birds, they all just get on with being. And as humans, we get distracted with the busyness of being human and doing what other people think we should be doing. So I wanted to just share with you about how I've adapted to creativity, where the creativity is in my life, and to ask you the question, where is the creativity in your life? What are you doing to get yourself into that zone where nothing else matters, where you feel joy? A deep, a deep contentment with what you're doing. And it's not about when I finish this, I'll have a skep. It's about the doing. It's about, I love working with these natural um, materials. 
I love this repetitive stitching. I love that being where nothing else matters. I'm just being a skep maker or whatever it is that you're doing. So have a think about that. And if you want to learn how to make skeps, then look at my website. I have got an online course and I can sell you the skep. If you're in the UK, I can send the kit. Um, if you're anywhere else in the world, you can still do the course, but you just need to get your own straw from wherever you are. And I am doing a physical workshop of skep making in, in the UK in February. So it has, I think it's almost half full. So I've got a couple of spaces left. But um, if anybody's interested in that, then just look at my website or we'll have links in the bio below. So that's me just sharing a little story about creativity. And let's hope that today you have an opportunity to do something creative or even have a bit of time to think about what you would do or what you'd like to do to reconnect with your creative soul. So thank you very much. And um, until next time, bye for now. I love that you've been listening to my podcast. Thank you so much. I am delighted to have the wonderful Beebrook helping me with editing and um, producing this podcast. So if you've enjoyed it, do share it around and connect with me on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and my website. So thank you very much and bye for now. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.